So you're sort of trying to, uh, like a, yeah, apocalyptic kind of trap situation. Like with, with rain, yeah. It does tend to be rain and during the apocalypse. It's a fair point, Katie. It, fine, like, yeah, okay. Post-apocalyptic, rainy trap situation. I don't know. It just sort of was what happened. Uh, dude, hey, it is the most interesting thing that has happened to me in the last two weeks. See that we can go outside again. Lockdown is over. Look, for now, man, it's going to be back. Yeah, but I can go down to the garage now. Well, I could go down to the garage before. Yeah, and you would tell us about the fact that that guy is working there when you did during lockdown. This, this is not new, Chloe. No, it's not. It's not. You're right. You're right. I can get a coffee on the way back now, though. Oh, man. Like, it's just... Like, I know it's cool and everything, but, like, why am I in Galway again? I mean, I ask myself that all the time, Katie. Oh, that's so cute, Chloe. No, I just mean, like, why is anybody in Galway, kind of? Dude, like... Like, why is anybody in not Cabra? How is that better? Does the truth need to be... Like, sometimes it's not welcome, the truth, Katie, but it, it remains that that is the case. Like, Cabra is the best. Like, it's genuinely not, man. Like, that's, that is what I was going to say. Well, I wasn't going to say that, but now I am. Like, it's, it's, I was on Instagram and, like, my friend Georgia, who, like, lives in Bray, like, her mom has this coffee shop that's really cool, Maison Molly, but, like, but, yeah, it's, she's got, like, these designs, she's actually got prints and, like, really awesome Christmas cards and stuff, and, like, I can't go down and, like, have a coffee with her because I'm in stupid Galway, man. But, like, yeah, follow her on G Does Designs. Is that Please. that girl we met at that gig that time? Yeah, like, and then I followed her on Instagram and we were, like, talking and stuff. That don't make her your friend, Katie. Uh, it absolutely does. It genuinely makes you a horse stalker, okay? That's, that's what's happening right now. You are stalking this poor girl. Oh my God, do we need to help her? Is she in danger right now? No, no me, no, 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 I'm not, I'm just, I'm not going to engage with this. That's, that's, it feeds the situation and I'm just not going to engage. You know, I, I'm in Galway. I can't go hang out anyway. So yeah, just buy cool Christmas cards, everybody. <laughs> I mean, it's not like your life has been completely empty over the last while, Katie. <laughs> well, like, no, no, that's that's like that's not even that's not even a thing. But what happened? Did did you stop texting that prick, Dave? Is that what happened? Chloe, no, this is not okay. All right, we you started on this last week, and it's really been bothering me since. Like, Katie likes Dave. All right, hence. Katie and Dave are texting, okay? Katie is our friend. Hence, we will support her in this choice until such time as she lets us know that she is not having fun anymore, okay? That's what's happening right now. Like, yeah. Like, like it's cool that, you know, you're having fun, Katie. You know, like, Chloe, I kind of, yeah, I agree with Sarsha. Like, it's just, it, it just, it must be really cool and have been, like, really cool to have, like, that whole, like, flirty eating happening going on while, like, everything else has been, like, so weird and, like, the same every day. Should, should we be, like, talking about this on air? Like, like would it be weird if he heard it? No, no, like, he, he said he, like, doesn't listen to the show. It's, like, it's not, it's not his thing. Oh, 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 okay. No, no, like, he wasn't mean about it or anything, just, like... Why would he listen to a show about, like, books he's not going to read, you know? Oh, my actual God, would you listen to yourself? You were the one that came up with the idea of doing show about books blokes don't think they can read, Katie. This is ridiculous. Chloe, man. No, this is stupid. Like, she's wrong. This isn't okay. Katie, like, stands up for these things. That's the point. Like, she's the one with the integrity. Like, too much bleeding integrity, so much integrity, it's fucking hilarious. And now, like, it's all right for some bloke to just tell her the opposite just because he's good looking. Like, I just...
Okay, yeah, I, um, Chloe, I think, um, yeah, you should be able to still hear us. I, I cut your mic um, for a sec. Um, I I have experience of saying the wrong thing on, on here. And I just, yeah, it's it's better for everybody if we just kind of change the subject, I think. You don't still think about that, Sarah, do you? Uh, yeah, yeah, like I do. It was, yeah, it was bad, man. Nothing that bad. Like, I wasn't great, Clay. Like, for for anybody who hasn't listened to our series on, on Marion Keys. And you absolutely should. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was, um, I don't know, I was I was trying to put, like, a persona out there or something. Oh, Sarah, no, no. No, like, it was what I was doing, like, and, and um, yeah, I ended up kind of saying things that were, I don't know, super mean and thoughtless because I was sort of, like, I don't know, I was, I was like doing slagging instead of like actually talking to the other people on the show um, who are supposed to be my friends. I think we can consider each other friends now at this stage. You think? <laughs> well, like I think that <laughs> I think that unpleasantness is far enough behind us. Well, I mean, that is that is just excellent news. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, uh, yeah, that new uh, BTS album, though, Chloe, we haven't uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about that. Oh, is my mic back on now, is it? You do get that I did it out of love. I just want to protect you. Fine. I appreciate you. <sighs> I appreciate you back. <laughs> and yeah, like I'll stop talking about Dave, Katie. I have made my feelings about nudes now. Which are also problematic, if you ask me. Yeah, which I didn't. Well, that's a pity because I'm talking about it now anyway. <laughs> oh, oh, my. Okay, I do not. I do not like this fierceness when it is directed at me. This... This is unpleasant. <laughs> but yeah, like Katie, like the rest of us, can take and send nudes to whomever she chooses, Chloe. Whomever. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, yeah, if people use those photos for things other than what Katie has consented to. Uh, can we can we clarify that, like, I have not sent nudes to, like, anybody? Yeah, but, like, if you did, we would support exactly. you. Exactly. And if those hypothetical photos were used for anything other than what they were consented to be used for, then that would be something that I think should be punishable by law. I mean... Oh, well, that's just very good. Yeah, that's come on. Like, search for president. Search for president. Come on now. Like, no, no, but, like, do you remember when Jennifer Lawrence had nudes leaked, like, a couple of years ago? And, like, it was so awful. Like, I remember she, she released this statement that said something like, I didn't give any of you permission to look at my body. And, like, I had never thought about it like that. And, like, she's entirely right. Like, it just, it just completely changed, like, how I looked at the whole, like, nudes leaking, like, revenge porn thing. Like, it's, it's no different someone taking a photo of you through a keyhole it's like totally unacceptable but yeah new bts album (laughs) (laughs) what what do you think chloe did uh did jk opa break your brain chloe um but i mean i obviously have had it on repeat and like i don't know like at the beginning i found it like not hard to listen to but like i don't know just it was it was emotional oh yeah Oh, I don't know. Like maybe, like, like maybe it's just because Elsie's been like working too hard recently. But like the whole first half of the album, I could just not stop crying. Blue and grey. Oh, oh my actual god! That song is literally about burnout. I just like I just want Taeyong to sleep. Like why is he posting on Weavers at five a.m.? Oh, like oh, it makes me so sad. <laughs> you are beyond adorable. Um, but like, like I know I should be happy for them, and I am. Like I mean, like the album's doing so well, and they got number one with the Korean language song. I mean, so awesome. They got their Grammy nomination everything but like oh I don't know like maybe maybe we're all just quarantined out yeah yeah I, I, Aww, it's not nice. hey, <laughs> 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 
<laughs> like I'm real happy for them. Like 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 it's what they said they wanted for ages and all. Like it's cool they got it and everything, the Grammy nomination and the number one and all that. But like I don't know, I just I don't really get it. Get what? Well like why does the Grammys say whether something's good or not? Like the year Lemonade came out, like Adele won best album for like twenty five. Like come on, like yeah, yeah, the year Good Kid, Mad City came out, they gave, like, every possible award where Kendrick was nominated to, like, Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. Like, both of those albums, like Good Kid, Mad City and, and, and Lemonade, I mean, they were cultural movements and I'd argue are more recognisable now, years later, than either of the albums that actually right? won. Right, like, I just, like, I get that they won it and, like, I'm super happy for them and, like, the Grammys are so stupid if they don't give it to them, like, but, like... I don't know, it just sort of don't mean anything to me, kind of. It means more people might listen to their stuff. Yeah, but like, should we be okay with like people listening to stuff or like reading stuff or watching stuff that like, the only reason is because it won a prize? Like, why does some self-appointed group of assholes get to make the decision on what's good and what's not and what's worthwhile and what's not? Oh my God, please don't start talking about the OBEs. But it's like so stupid, man. Like, why do people go mad over like who the Queen of England wants in her like secret treehouse club? Like, okay, I just want to check. Is everyone else imagining the Queen in a treehouse? Well, like, like a really nice treehouse. Oh yeah, palatial. But like, how, how do you get a working lift into a tree though yeah it'd have to be like a manual one that the staff would have to pull up with like ropes I think I don't follow so uh, it'd be a platform like a nice platform uh, that has ropes attached to it and they're like slung over like a particularly sturdy tree limb and then like staff palace treehouse staff would have to pull on it to lift do you know what I'll just do up a sketch and, and send it to you I think that's probably the this easiest way this is not what we're supposed to be talking about right now man <laughs> exactly we were supposed to be talking about the new album so we could get the energy in here some way back to normal before we start talking about the book yeah like we can all agree that Byung is 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 a jam, right? What are you talking about? Dizzy's the song. Um, Katie thinks using the Korean names uh, makes her sound smart. Hey, uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Your boy wrote that one, actually. Oh, hobby, hobby. The very same, my friend. Oh, here I'm going to have to take some time out of my hope world schedule for this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like the thing is, um, like the thing is, there's there's so much content out there. Like prizes do help narrow. Is that seriously? Are you playing that right now? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? Like, hey, you weirdo. You what? How else am I going to? This is actually you're just re- gonna. You're just gonna listen to that the whole. Yeah, it's really good. It is yeah. actually very. Do you know good. what? That's. that's <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I oh, saying? Jesus. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it's very. Oh my god! Oh, no, 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 that. Um, okay, uh, prizes. Yeah, no, no, no. Prizes. Prizes do help narrow down what what it is um, that you're looking for. Like when when you want to look into something. That that is the thing. Like. Like I'm like I'm listening to you, but like I'm getting my groove on at the same time. Like that's what's happening you're, right now. You you are so embarrassing, man. How how am I embarrassing you right now? You're like you're taking Kena away from like her like beyond like oh, discovery God, right man. now. Okay, no. what's wrong with you? No, you carry on. I feel like we're gearing up towards something here. Like why are you like enabling this behavior, Kena? Jesus. Like yeah, this is going to be good. Not even listening to me. Not even listening to me. It's an excellent chorus, Katie. Look, I know, man, but, like, Chloe was... My point was, yeah, Chloe was saying that she was, like, listening to Sarah while she was, like, chair dancing or... 
like is it toilet dancing when you're sitting on the the toilet in the downstairs bathroom? I, I would have you know that I have moved upstairs to my bedroom because we got a new router and it's like deadly. Okay, so like t- taking into account the idea, the possibility even that like you're not too distracted by your reflection right oh, now. Oh no, I had to. No, I had to cover the mirror when I started dancing because like I make weird faces when I dance and I don't like looking at it. <laughs> you are so incredibly adorable. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the implication was that yeah, you were listening to to what I was saying. So we, we, I take it you've got like a counterpoint to to share with us right now, Chloe. Oh yeah, I did say that. Sh- 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 no, it's Sugar's verse. No, we, we have to listen. Are you for real? Right now? No, like listen, it's so good. <laughs> you are the craziest fangirl on the phone right now, Katie. I just want you to think about that. <laughs> You stepped on the I don't know bit. Oh my. And you were throwing a tantrum over the end of divorce. What's wrong with you, Katie? Like, I don't know. I think I'm broken. This is this is not how I thought this conversation would go. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's absolutely okay, Sarah. We, you know, we haven't gotten to the bridge yet. Now I'm going to take this back on, back on track right now. So like, yeah, you are saying that like, pro- listen it again. Okay, no, it was still the course. Um, so, yeah, you were saying that prizes are a way to, like, look into new things, like, that you haven't looked at before. Like, so you look up, like, a list of prizes or something. Yeah, like, pretty much. That's, that's essentially. Now it's the bridge. Now we have to stop. Oh, okay. Oh, that is good. Goosebumps, Clina. Actual goosebumps right now. Like, like, should I wait for the key change? Is that what's going to have to happen here? Is it a key change or is it just like a, a breakdown situation? I don't I don't know any of these terms. I don't know what they are. Yeah, but, but this bit, like... Yeah, yeah, the... Yeah, the, something about obso... It's not there, whatever it is. Should we really look up the lyrics again? You're talking over it again. <laughs> Shut up, Katie! Oh, it's just a very good yeah, girl. We're talking over <laughs> Numa. <laughs> I just wanted to listen to a song. It's just so hard. It is very good. I just wanted to talk about books, man. I feel thoroughly responsible for this, Sarah. You are. This is the thing. I just... I, what is the point? Okay, it's over. It's, okay. No, I really like this bit. <laughs> you and your Nam June. I just like a man in charge. That's all. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, yeah. In conclusion, I will need to get through the rest of the albums uh, quick smart, um, seeing as how I'm going to be probably singing this song in, in um, broken Korean over the next 36 to 72 hours. That's a solid time scale, I'd say. I thought so. Sarah, I know what I was going to say now. Oh, it's <laughs> like herding cats. Can I go? Please, <laughs> by, by all means. <laughs> all right. So, so, you were saying that, yeah, like, that prizes, like, people, I was listening, see? Yeah. That, like, <laughs> yeah, prize lists and, like, books and TV shows and everything getting prizes, like, that helps, like, what, narrow down, like, what you are going to, like, look at or listen to or whatever because, like, there's just too much out there to know what's even good. But, like, if you're only going to like prize lists and stuff for what you're going to read then like you're only looking at the same stuff as the people who like decide the prizes and all so like how would you find anything new like like exactly like it keeps everything the same man well well, like 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 say say for this series yeah we wanted to look at writers of color specifically yeah 
Yeah. And we didn't know where to start. Yeah. 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 Because it turns out we only read books by white people for absolutely no reason. Exactly. So we did a search for books by authors from places that we were like looking at. So like um, in this case, Japan. Oh, I'm going to take my glasses off. And in this case, <laughs> Japan, say, um, yeah, black authors previously and, and Indian authors like we like everything we chose was like either recommended by someone we knew or, or on a prize list. Like we didn't know where to start. So those are the places we went to. Yeah, yeah. And like it is a good way to find a place to start with with a new genre or something. I don't know why I said and that's just me repeating what you said. <laughs> You're like, adorable. And when you find something that you like on those lists, then you can look at people that are writing similar things or maybe who those authors influences are. And like, that's how you find new writers or artists or like bands that you're interested in new TV shows, new new anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, would there have been a different way to find the books that we did for this series? Like, I don't know, I guess not, but like it just, I don't know, like it just seems unfair or something, like the popular kids like deciding who's cool or something. Oh no, that's like absolutely what it is. Like it's just, it's just the best system we have right now, that's all. I'm going to come up with a new one. (laughs) (laughs) You would and everything, man. Like, I I believe in you. You can do that. I will. Like, the first Chloe Cullen prize for, like, not having a Grammy goes to... Goes... Girls chill, me girl Halsey for being a bleeding oh. legend. How about that? <laughs> oh my god, like I love her so much. She's so amazing. No, like it is actually it's pretty good that, you know, like we can unite yeah, in our shared love for Halsey, like no matter what's going on outside in our lives. <laughs> right? Yes. Such a beautiful sentiment. Speaking speaking of Halsey, we do have a very necessary woke alert um ahead of this episode. Oh, Sarah, no, like don't <laughs> Why? Why? No, no, like this is appropriate. Appropriate to be like laughing at me. Like, I mean, we we are usually laughing at you, Katie. Yeah, we are. Like, I mean, like, do you do you need to enjoy it that much? Like, like, probably not. It's very good. No, in fairness, it is. It is actually. It is actually quite serious. It is. It is important. And like I wrote this down, like you didn't. <laughs> okay, no, 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 shush, no, 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 no. This is important. The um the the book we're going to talk about, um, which is uh, Kitchen by Banana Yoshimoto. Um, it was uh, a trailblazing book uh, when it was released in in 1988, um, which is a long time ago. Um, like it was, yeah, talking about the female experience in a really clear way, like dealing with love, loss, like death, all that kind of stuff. But like also. And kind of most importantly for what we're talking about right now, it features um, like transgender characters um, and and kind of uh, the characters that that cross dress and stuff. And and we don't like the the, even I'm not 100 percent on the the correct language to use. and, And like and the thing is, like talking about something as taboo at the time like as as yet yeah, transgender people or people who 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 like to perform in drag stuff like that like the which are different things you know that's 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 clearly the case but the the language used in in the book it's it's not as respectful or like as correct as as the language we'd use now and that continues to change what the the most correct language is considering that we're still 
figuring out how to treat transgender people as human god it's just oh, it's so grim um that it's taken this long but um but yeah so we just we wanted to bring that up um as a woke alert <laughs> this time um just to bear it in mind you know as 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 we're we're talking about this that yeah we might come across language that seems crude or or like not fit for purpose anymore it is an artifact of of, of when the book was written yeah, that's well. You will talk about it later, I suppose. But yeah, that was strange. Yeah, to come across words that we don't use anymore. Yeah, yeah, and I suppose um, sure. Maybe we'll get started um, twenty minutes in on on talking about the book. Um, so maybe if we if we start off with with getting um, acquainted with uh, Miss uh, Yoshimoto, um, are we okay for for me to take this one? Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Um, Banana Yoshimoto ni Yoshimoto Mahuko is one of Japan's most famous contemporary novelists, second only to Haruki Murakami. She changed her name to Banana because she loved banana flowers and thought the name was cute and purposefully androgynous. Yoshimoto was born in Tokyo on July 24th, 1964, to a family well-versed in the arts. Her father, Tahaki Yoshimoto, that's that was hard to say one after the other, <laughs> was a critic and poet. Her mother, Kazuko, was a haiku poet and her sister, Yoiko Haruno, is a manga artist. Um, Yoshimoto also liked drawing but knew her sister was better so she turned to writing and decided to become a novelist. She said of her time in school I didn't do much sports just stayed up until late writing novels. As a result I was dozing in class every day. In addition to that booze came into my life at university um, the College of Art at Nihon University Tokyo. It's almost like I went to university to learn how to drink. Still I have no regrets about those days though I wish I had studied a bit harder then. Her first work, the novella Moonlight Shadow, was published in 1986 and won a prestigious literary prize from the university. The following year, while she was working as a waitress, she published what is perhaps her best-known work and the one that catapulted her to fame, Kitchen. Besides later novels like Amrita 1994 and Hard Boiled and Hard Luck 1999, Yoshimoto has also published collections of short stories and essays. And uh, okay, and then to, to look at Kitchen, um, which is the, the novel we're going to talk about today. Um, Banana Yoshimoto's novels have made her a sensation in Japan and all over the world. And Kitchen, the dazzling English language debut that is still her best loved book, is an enchantingly original and deeply affecting book about mothers, love, tragedy and the power of the kitchen and home in the lives of free spirited young women in contemporary Japan. Mikage, the heroine of Kitchen is an orphan raised by her grandmother who has passed away. Grieving, she is taken in by her friend Yoichi and his mother, who was once his father, Eriko. As the three of them form an improvised family that soon weathers its own tragic losses, Yoshimoto spins a lovely, evocative tale that recalls early Marguerite Duras, who I have no idea who she is, what that means, or if I have pronounced her name correctly. <laughs> But, um, do you know what, Kay? We've been we've been talking over you a lot and and laughing at you um, over the, uh, the entire episode so far. Um, how? What would you think about doing the uh, the excerpt? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Are you all right, Katie? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, do you know? I, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna turn off my phone real quick. Um, okay. Yeah, excerpt. All right. Um, Yeah, here we go. Um, Okay. The place I like best in this world is the kitchen. No matter where it is, no matter what kind, if it's a kitchen, 
if it's a place where they make food, it's fine with me. Ideally, it should be well broken in. Lots of tea towels, dry and immaculate, white tile catching the light, ting ting. I love even incredibly dirty kitchens to distraction. Vegetable droppings all over the floor, so dirty your slippers turn black on the bottom. Strangely, it's better if this kind of kitchen is large. I lean up against the silver door of a towering giant refrigerator stocked with enough food to get through winter. When I raise my eyes from the oil-spattered gas burner and the rusty kitchen knife, outside the window, stars are glittering. Lonely. Now, only the kitchen and I are left. It's just a little nicer than being all alone. When I'm dead worn out, in a reverie, I often think that when it comes time to die, I want to breathe my last in a kitchen. Whether it's cold and I'm all alone or someone's there and it's warm, I'll stare death fearlessly in the eye. If it's in a kitchen, I'll think, how good. Before the Tanabe family took me in, I spent every night in the kitchen. After my grandmother died, I couldn't sleep. One morning at dawn, I trundled out of my room in search of comfort and found that the one place I could sleep was beside the refrigerator. My parents, my name is Mikage Sakurai, both died when I was young. After that, my grandparents brought me up. I was going into junior high when my grandfather died. From then on, it was just my grandmother and me. When my grandmother died the other day, I was taken by surprise. My family had steadily decreased one by one as the years went by. But when it suddenly dawned on me that I was all alone, everything before my eyes seemed false. The fact that time continued to pass in the usual way in this apartment where I grew up, even though now I was here all alone, amazed me. It was total science fiction. The blackness of the cosmos. Three days after the funeral, I was still in a daze, steeped in a sadness so great I could barely cry, softly shuffling in gentle drowsiness like I pulled my futon into the deathly silent gleaming kitchen. Wrapped in a blanket, like Linus, I slept. The home of the refrigerator kept me from thinking of my loneliness. There, the long night came on in perfect peace, and morning came. But... I just wanted to sleep under the stars. I wanted to wake up in the morning light. Aside from that, I just drifted, listless. However, I couldn't exist like that. Reality is wonderful. I thought of the money my grandmother had left me. Just enough. The place was too big, too expensive for just one person. I had to look for another apartment. There was no way around it. I thumbed through the listings, but when I saw so many places all the same lined up like that, it made my head swim. Moving takes a lot of time and trouble. It takes energy. I had no strength. My joints ached from sleeping in the kitchen day and night. When I realised how much effort moving would require, I'd have to pull myself together and go and look at places. Move my stuff, get a phone installed. This is 1988, people had to do that back then, my sister tells me. Um, (laughs) I lay around instead, sleeping. In despair. I shouldn't be laughing. It was then that a miracle, a godsend, came calling one afternoon. I remember it well. Ding dong. Suddenly the doorbell rang. It was a somewhat cloudy spring afternoon. I was intently involved in tying up old magazines with string while glancing at the apartment listings with half an eye but no interest, wondering how I was going to move. 
Flustered, looking like I'd just gotten out of bed, I ran out without thinking and undid the latch and opened the door. Thank God it wasn't a robber. There stood Yuichi Tanabe. Thank you for your help the other day, I said. He was a nice young man, a year younger than me, who had helped out a lot at the funeral. I think he'd said he he went to the same university as I did. I was taking time off. Not at all, he said. Did you decide on a place to live yet? Not even close, I smiled. I see. Would you like to come in for some tea? No, I'm on my way somewhere and I'm kind of in a hurry, he grinned. I just stopped by to ask you something. I was talking to my mother and we were thinking you ought to come to our house for a while. Huh? I said. In any case, why don't you come over tonight around seven? Here's the directions. Okay, I said vacantly, taking the slip of paper. All right then. Good. Mom and I are both looking forward to your coming. His smile was so bright as he stood in my doorway that I zoomed in for a close-up on his pupils. I couldn't take my eyes off him. I think I heard a spirit call my name. Okay, I said. I'll be there. Bad as it sounds, it was like I was possessed. His attitude was so totally cool, though I felt that I could trust him. In the black gloom before my eyes, as is always the case in cases of bewitchment, I saw a straight road leading from me to him. He seemed to glow with white light. That was the effect he had on me. Okay, see you later, he said, smiling, and left. Before my grandmother's funeral, I had barely known him. On the day itself, when Yuichi Tanabe showed up all of a sudden, I actually wondered if he had been her lover. His hands trembled as he lit the incense. His eyes were swollen from crying. When he saw my grandmother's picture on the altar, again his tears fell like rain. My first thought when I saw that was that my love for my own grandmother was nothing compared to this boy's, whoever he was. He looked that sad. Then, mopping his face with a handkerchief, he said, let me help with something. After that, he helped me a lot. Yuichi Tanabe. I must have been quite confused if I took that long to remember when I'd heard grandmother mention his name. He was the boy who worked part-time at my grandmother's favourite flower shop. I remembered hearing her say any number of times things like, what a nice boy they have working there, that Tanabe boy. Today, again. Grandmother loved cut flowers. Because the ones in our kitchen were not allowed to wilt, she'd go to the flower shop a couple of times a week. When I thought of that... I remembered him walking behind my grandmother, a large potted plant in his arms. He was a long-limbed young man with pretty features. I didn't know anything more about him, but I might have seen him hard at work in the flower shop. Even after I got to know him a little, I still had an impression of aloofness. No matter how nice his manner and expression, he seemed like a loner. I barely knew him, really. It was raining that hazy spring night. A gentle, warm rain enveloped the neighbourhood as I walked with directions in hand. My apartment building and the one where the Tanabes lived was separated by Chuo Park. As I crossed through, I was inundated with the green smell of night. I walked, sloshing down the shiny wet path that glittered with the colours of the rainbow. To be frank, I was only going because they'd asked me. I didn't think about it beyond that. I looked up at the towering apartment building and thought, their apartment on the 10th floor is so high... The view must be beautiful at night. Getting off the elevator, I was alarmed by the sound of my own footsteps in the hall. 
I rang the bell and abruptly Yuichi opened the door. Come in. Thanks. I stepped inside. The room was truly strange. First thing, as I looked towards the kitchen, my gaze landed with a thud on the enormous sofa in the living room. Against the backdrop of the large kitchen with its shelves of pots and pans, no table, no carpet, just it. Covered in beige fabric, it looked like something out of a commercial. An entire family could watch TV on it. A dog too big to keep in Japan could stretch out across it, sideways. It really was a marvellous sofa. In front of the large window leading onto the terrace was a jungle of plants growing in bowls, planters and all kinds of pots. Looking around, I saw that the whole house was filled with flowers. There were vases full of spring blooms everywhere. My mother says she'll get away from work soon. Take a look around if you'd like. Should I give you the tour? Or pick a room? Then I'll know what kind of person you are, said Yuichi, making tea. What kind? I seated myself on the deep, comfy sofa. I mean, what you want to know about a house and the people who live there, their tastes. You know, a lot of people would say you learn a lot from the toilets, he said, smiling, unconcerned. He had a very relaxed way of talking. <laughs> the kitchen, I said. Well, here it is. Look at whatever you want. While he made tea, I explored the kitchen. I took everything in. The good quality of the mat on the wood floor and of Yuichi's slippers. A practical minimum of well-worn kitchen things, precisely arranged. A silverstone frying pan and a delightful German-made vegetable peeler. A peeler to make even the laziest grandmother enjoy slip-slipping those skins off. Lit by a small fluorescent lamp, all kinds of plates silently awaited their turns. Glasses sparkled. It was clear that in spite of the disorder, everything was of the highest quality. There were things with special uses, like porcelain bowls, gratin dishes, gigantic platters, two beer steins. Somehow, it was all very satisfying. I even opened the small refrigerator. Yuichi said it was okay. Everything was neatly organized. Nothing just left. I looked around, nodding and murmuring approvingly. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> it was a good kitchen. I fell in love with it at first sight. I went back and sat on the sofa and out came hot tea. Usually, the first time I go to a house, face to face with people I barely know, I feel an immense loneliness. I saw myself reflected in the glass of the large terrace window while black gloom spread out over the rain-handed night panorama. Wow, that's a sentence. <laughs> I was tied by blood to no creature in this world. I could, I'm laughing at the wrong place again. I could go anywhere, do anything. It was dizzying. Suddenly, to see the world was so large, the cosmos so black, the unbounded fascination of it, the unbounded loneliness. For the first time, these days, I was touching it with these hands, these eyes. I've been looking at the world half blind, I thought. Why did you invite me here? I asked. We thought you might be having a hard time, Yuichi said, peering kindly at me. Your grandmother was always so sweet to me, and look at this house. We have all this room. Shouldn't you be moving? Yes, although the landlord's been nice enough to give me extra time. So why don't you move in with us, he said, as though it were the most natural thing in the world. He struck just the right note, neither cold nor oppressively kind. It made me warm to him. My heart welled up to the point of tears. Just then, 
with the scratch of a key in the door, an incredibly beautiful woman came running in, all out of breath. I was so stunned, I gaped. Though she didn't seem young, she was truly beautiful. From her outfit and dramatic makeup, which wouldn't really do for daytime, I understood that hers was night work. Yuichi introduced me. This is Mikage Sakurai. How do you do? She said in a slightly husky voice, still panting with a smile. I'm Yuichi's mother. My name is Eriko. This was his mother. Dumbfounded, I couldn't take my eyes off her. Hair that rustled like silk to her shoulders. The deep sparkle of her long, narrow eyes, well-formed lips and nose with a high, straight bridge. The whole of her gave off a marvellous light that seemed to vibrate with life force. She didn't look human. I had never seen anyone like her. I was staring to the point of rudeness. How do you do? I replied at last, smiling back at her. We're so pleased to have you here, she said to me warmly, and then turning to Yuichi. I'm sorry, Yuichi, I just can't get away tonight. I dashed out for a second saying that I was off to the bathroom, but I'll have plenty of time in the morning. I hope Makage will agree to spend the night. She was in a rush and ran to the door, red dress flying. I'll drive you, said Yuichi. Sorry to have put you through so much trouble, I said. Not at all. Whoever thought the club would be so busy tonight, it's me who should apologise. Well, see you in the morning. She ran out in her high heels and Yuichi called back to me, wait here, watch TV or something, then ran after her, leaving me alone in a daze. I felt certain that if you looked really closely, you would see a few normal signs of age. Crow's feet, less than perfect teeth, some part of her that looked like a real human being. Still, she was stunning. She made me want to be with her again. There was a warm light like her after image softly glowing in my heart. That must be what they mean by charm. Like Helen Keller when she understood water for the first time, the word burst into reality for me. It's living example before my eyes. It's no exaggeration. The encounter was that overwhelming. Yuichi returned, jingling the car keys. If she could only get away for 10 minutes, she should have just called, he said, taking off his shoes in the entryway. I stayed where I was on the sofa and answered, mm, non-committally. Mikage, he said, were you a little bit intimidated by my mother? Yes, I told him frankly. I've never seen a woman that beautiful. Yes, but, smiling, he sat down on the floor right in front of me. She's had plastic surgery. Oh, I said, feigning nonchalance. I wondered why she didn't look anything like you. And that's not all. Guess what else? She's a man. He could barely contain his amusement. This was too much. I just stared at him in wide-eyed silence. I expected any second he would say, just kidding. Those tapered fingers, those mannerisms, the way she carried herself. I held my breath remembering that beautiful face. He, on the other hand, was enjoying this. Yes, but my mouth hung open. You've been saying all along, my mother this and my mother that. Yes, but could you call someone who looked like that dad? He asked calmly. He had a point, I thought. An extremely good answer. <laughs> what about the name Eriko? It's actually Yuji. It was as though there was a haze in front of my eyes. When I was finally ready to hear the story, I said... So who gave birth to you? 
Erico was a man a long time ago. He married very young. The person he married was my mother. Wow. I wonder what she was like. I couldn't imagine. I don't remember her myself. She died when I was little. I have a picture though. Want to see it? Yes. I nodded. Without getting up, he dragged his bag across the floor, then took an old photograph out of his wallet and handed it to me. She was someone whose face told you nothing about her. Short hair, small eyes and nose, the impression was of a very odd woman of indeterminate age. When I didn't say anything, Yuichi said, she looks strange, doesn't she? I smiled uncomfortably. As a child, Eriko was taken in by her family. I don't know why. They grew up together. Even as a man, he was good-looking, and apparently he was very popular with women. Why he would marry such a strange... He said, smiling, looking at the photo. He must have been pretty attached to my mother. So much so, he turned his back on the debt of gratitude he owed his foster parents and eloped with her. I nodded. After my real mother died, Eriko quit her job, gathered me up, and asked herself, what do I want to do now? What she decided was become a woman. She knew she'd never love anybody else. She says that before she became a woman, she was very shy. Because she hates to do things halfway, she had everything done, from her face to her whatever, and with the money she had left over, she bought that nightclub. She raised me as a woman alone, as it were. He smiled. What an amazing life story. (laughs) She's not dead yet, said Yuichi. Whether I could trust him or whether he still had something up his sleeve, the more I found out about these people, the more I didn't know what to expect. But I trusted their kitchen. Even though they didn't look alike, there were certain traits they shared. Their faces shone like Buddhas when they smiled. I like that, I thought. Oh, it's just so gorgeous. (laughs) (laughs) Here, here, we're going to want to wait to get stuck into this properly. I can't believe we've been on air for so long. Um, So, you know, we need to take a break now. Um, So let's get stuck in when we get back. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. We'll be back in a second with more Chicklet for Life. Don't go away. We're through the latest lockdown. We're at the other side. Coffee shops are open again. But will we ever recover? Like, really recover. No, but, like, I can't stop buying lipsticks. They're, like, they're not even nice. I bought this frosted lavender monstrosity yesterday. Like, I have red hair. Like, what's going on? I'm just, I'm so confused. Um, I keep compulsively watching the first series of Agretzko over and over, and, um, I don't know why. It's, it's only six episodes, and, and there are two other series... I, I don't understand what's happening to me. I, I hope this doesn't sound strange, but I've been building a gingerbread house for about a week now. Um, I just finished wallpapering the downstairs gingerbread bathroom. Um, I think I might need help. 2020, man. Stuff's getting weird. How weird? Well, I mean, to find out, you gotta tune in. Dadoy. Thursdays. What does one use to wallpaper a gingerbread bathroom? 
Licorice. Excellent shout, man. Yeah, I was thinking Kit Kats, but that's really more of like a paneling situation. You and your shaker stylings, Sersh. Well, I mean, technically that would be a white Kit Kat, but um, thank you. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, before, before the break, we, we had our excerpt of Banana Yoshimoto's Kitchen and um, we have many thoughts. Um, am I right? Oh my God, like for such a short book, there's just so much to say. Yeah, like for real. Like, Did you guys think it was kind of similar to like, Convenience Store Woman in like how it felt to read it? Well, yeah, but like that makes sense, doesn't it? Like the books are about by Japanese girls, like they'd write the same way, wouldn't they? But like, like, they're translated by different people and, like, they're 30, like, years apart in when they were written and, like, set, more or less. Like, it's probably super racist of me because that's kind of the, the defining characteristic of these episodes lately, it seems. But, like, you know the way haiku are supposed to be about nature and when you're reading it, you, like, get a feeling or whatever and that's what the poem is about? Sort of. No. But, you know, go on. <laughs> well, like, there was just loads of nature in this book. That's it? That's, how is that racist, man? Now that I say it, it doesn't seem as racist, but I just, I don't know. It just sort of, I felt like Ern on the side of caution there. Super weird. Um, but yeah, but no, the nature thing, I guess, like I, I remember thinking that like for a book that was about like loss and death and sort of like disconnection from reality, there was like so many like living things, like there's all these plants and trees and there's blue skies and stars and yeah, rain. And it's just, it is like a haiku sort of like, and you know, like being, being as short a novel as it is, you know, you could probably say it kind of is one. Yeah. All the words did seem like, yeah, really carefully chosen. Yeah, but, like, was that the translator and not the author, like? That's weird, isn't it? I was thinking about that. Like, are we reading what me girl banana wrote? <laughs> or, like, are we... Me girl banana? <laughs> oh my God, that was amazing. What? It's her name, Saoirse. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. No, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> like, I get what you mean, Chloe. Like, and I do think it is something a lot of people say about translated work. Like, but how else are we going to read books by, like, people that don't speak English or that don't write in English? Like, it's it's the only option. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. Like, there's an argument for this book anyway, and for Convenience Store Woman, I think, from, from a certain point of view, that having a translated book, uh, like, so, so having you as a reader might be another, you might be, another step removed from the story like it sort of drives the whole disconnected feeling in the book like home even more how do you mean well like remember when you said last week that you found it super like not hard but like odd that you didn't have a direct window into like how people were feeling in the book yeah wait what? Felt like in the bit from earlier, yeah. Like Makagi, she's talking about how she lost her grandmother and everything. But like in most books, people will be talking about how life has no meaning or how they feel like their chest's been split open or they don't know how they're going to keep going. And like even if they feel like they're disconnected, they're talking about how numb they feel and how they can't access something. You know, they're behind a bubble of pain. I don't know. And like, but here. Makage is like talking just about how she likes to sleep in the kitchen because she likes kitchens and for some reason that makes sense because her grandmother just died like that's as far as we get 
to like how sad she is or how like disconnected and numb she is that's as much as she like willing to give us yeah and like that is how strange it is when you lose someone like you don't really like be thinking that oh no my heart has been ripped out or anything it's more like you realize you've been stirring at where the tiles in the bathroom don't line up properly for like an hour and you don't know why. Yeah. Or like how your hand looks really weird in the mirror and like suddenly like why is it dark outside and I haven't brushed my teeth yet kind of thing. Jesus. Okay. Well then this is the first book that like I've ever read about losing someone that is accurate about it like ever. <laughs> <laughs> that's I don't know why that's funny. It's not <laughs> man. Said, like we we should we should talk about like what the book is actually about. We only got the 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 beginning earlier on. Yeah, good call. So uh yeah, yeah, we heard at the beginning that Makage had lost her grandmother and yeah, one day this guy that worked in the flower shop her grandmother used to go to asks her around because he's concerned. And then she just like doesn't leave. Yeah, that was hard to understand. Well, like, maybe not understand, but, like, there were lots of really, like, out there things happening, like, throughout the book. And it was kind of hard to, like, I don't know, suspend disbelief or whatever. Like, getting taken in by someone you'd never met. And those people happening to be, like, this emotionally stunted boy your age and his, like, transgender mother. But, like... All that really out there stuff happened in this like really normal way. Like the things that the characters are doing are pretty much like they're just they're just living or dying. Mikage's grandmother dies and it, it it really looks like as if 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 Mikage stays where she lived with her grandmother, she won't really be living. She doesn't talk to anyone. She doesn't do anything apart from sleep in the kitchen. But then when Yuichi invites her to stay with him he and Eriko are living like Eriko a lot more vibrantly than Yuichi and they just sort of invite Mikage to like live with them and that's kind of that's kind of it right Ah, that's a bit mental now Clay but ordinary stuff is mental like I don't talk to my mum at all like the last time I saw her was a year ago for an hour at a funeral like, my dad does his best and does everything he needs to do in a day, but he still manages to get through a bottle of brandy a week. And I don't know what the story is with him and that owl one from the village that keeps hanging around the house because she's in his bubble. And, like, it'd be cruel for your dad to have to go to mass on his own. You don't, you don't have to, like, go into any of... No, 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 no. Like, like I know that all sounds real dramatic and everything, but, like, that's the point. Like, I, I really... I It doesn't feel that dramatic. I just get up and do whatever I do in a day. Like, everything is normal. It's only when you step back and look at it, like, you're looking in from outside that it looks weird so, so like like you don't find Makage's situation odd I know I did like <laughs> but, but I understood that like it must not have felt odd to her or like she didn't stop to think about whether or not it was odd she just did what made the most sense for her at that time on that day and then the next day and the next and the next Wow. And and I suppose it makes tons of sense why someone wouldn't want to leave Erica's house as soon as they've met her. Oh my actual god, Erica was my actual hero. Like if I work real hard and like really, like really, really look after my skin and like really, really, really stick with like the Pilates, like do you think I could be that good looking? Like how much Pilates? Well, though? well like 
I hear. <laughs> <laughs> it's so mean. <laughs> like, no, no, but there is a line in there about Erico. Um, I wrote it down. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. A warm light, like an afterimage glowing in my heart. Like when she's been, after she's been with her. I think that happens with you, Chloe. No, it's just tinnitus, man. Okay, that's it. That's it. You're, I don't even know what that is, but I know it was an insult. Chloe deals with that situation. So Google's what what tinnitus is. Ah, here, Katie, I'm not that loud. You're <laughs> <laughs> screaming oh down your phone right now. But oh, no, yeah. Anyway, anyway, um, we heard we heard in the excerpt there that uh, Erico is a transgender woman. Oh my god! Like that was the first time I like ever got that mad over someone like misgendering someone else like Erico not no Manuichi Jesus uh, you're nearly like 19 years old and the idea of someone being misgendered hasn't upset you until this week well like, I obviously know it's not okay Katie Jesus I'm not me Auntie Karen but like I heard you gonna be sitting at home raging on my own watching Drag Race cause someone out there might be misgendering somebody why not I hear no, seriously, man, why not? Well, it's not okay for people to be treated like that. If somebody chooses to live their life as a woman, they should be respected as such, man. Okay, kind of, kind of a stealth woke alert there, okay? No, it's not. It's not a woke alert. What is the point? What is the actual point? <laughs> never going to get old. <laughs> but, Chloe, why don't you take us through your uh, Katie-approved reaction to uh, to Yuichi saying Eriko is, and I quote, actually a man. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, Eriko ain't no man. Like, like it just it just seemed like she was, like, okay to be a man when she was one. But now that she's a woman, she likes so much a woman. Like, it, like, it didn't so much make me mad as like like it just didn't make no sense like I was just there like don't talk shit all your life you for Jesus <laughs> sake like <laughs> spoken like a true philosopher but like oh, Erica's just so warm and feminine and just gorgeous oh that's so fit it is super odd to have someone like exemplified in like a piece of furniture like that there was a lot of that in the book though I thought a lot of what? like a lot of like symbolism like no, actually, like not necessarily symbolism, but like life in things that like aren't alive or sentient anyway. Like able to think. You know what sentient means, Katie? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, but like the sofa and like the home comforts or whatever Erico had in her place, kind of like showing up how warm and like welcoming she is. And then and then all of the plants like breathing around the the apartment like sort of there's this like calm sort of like vibrancy or something it was just I don't know it was just really uh, you'd notice it you know yeah yeah like the whole apartment was like real alive or something like all the plants growing everywhere Yuichi getting up in the middle of the night to make tea Eric all coming in after shifts at the bar like yeah and like Makage like asleep in the middle of it all yeah yeah it did seem like a really lovely thing like well I mean it was obviously a lovely thing for Eriko and Yuichi and yeah, to take Makagi in, sort of added on another person there at the end there. That was weird. <laughs> but like, it was, yeah, it was the best possible place for Makagi to be. Yeah, yeah, being around people and activity, but like calmness at the same time. Because, 
because yeah it's so horribly strange when you lose someone like that yeah that that whole time slowing down oh, thing. it's so horrible like even a week before like it happens you're like insanely busy and praying for things to slow down and then suddenly out of nowhere you're sitting there alone in a room full of nothing counting the actual seconds go by like like is that not like symptoms of like depression though like I don't know like I think any shock could could do that to like different levels for different people like like when my granddad died like it was like even though everyone else was there and everything else was like still the same like our family weren't changed other than the fact that granddad wasn't there anymore like it was like I was watching myself from like outside or something. Yeah, that like being outside your body because everything you've been like obsessing over is like suddenly over. And and what what do you do now? Yeah, like there was this one line about Mikage living with her grandmother that I thought was just like, like I really, really recognized it. Like she said something. Yeah, it was it was to live alone with an old person is terribly nerve wracking. Like, I know that's a super straightforward sentiment, but like it's um, I just hadn't seen it written down or anything before. And like I didn't live on my own with my granddad, obviously. But when mom and dad would be working um, it, like nights and stuff and, and evenings and, and Derek would go hang out at, at the wall. Um, the, the, the wall. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a wall <laughs> at the end of the church car park where, uh, yeah, where the cool kids hang out uh, he had a, a very full schedule of, of wall leaning back then. Uh, the occasional wall sit, a, a wall hop on special occasions. Like, it, that might be the saddest thing I've ever heard in my life. Sadder than being the only person alone with an emphysemic 75-year-old that you're convinced is going to have a stroke while you're the only person there and you'll have to deal with it on your my own. God, Sarah, how old were you? Like, 14? Yeah, 14. <laughs> God, you poor thing. It didn't happen. Like, and yeah, he was in hospital after, like, he wasn't able to breathe, like, without his nebulizer and stuff. So and they looked after everything then. So that was, that was kind of it. So, like, but then, like, between spending so much time in the hospital and then it being all over. Yeah, yeah, you just, you kind of go numb. Um... That numbness does seem to be here too, though. I, I, I remember Makage saying that she, she knows, she knows she'll have countless dream kitchens. Like, like she knows that she's going to keep living, and and what she's living with now, like any any happiness, any sadness, it'll it'll end. Like having lost the people around her, she knows that everything is finite, so it's hard to like lose herself in things, maybe. Do you think that's why she was so resistant to getting close with Yuichi? Like, or how other people saw their relationship as more than two people that lived together? Like, people seemed to pick up on that before she did or saw it that way before she did. It just, I don't know, she seemed to have a block about, yeah, how close her and Yuichi could get. Oh my God, I loved all that, like, bitchy drama over, like, the two of them living together. Like, even with Eric out there and all, like, like his girlfriend giving him a slap and all. Oh God. <laughs> it was pretty cool, like, to have that kind of thing come up to sort of, like, yeah, cut through how dreamy and numb the book had been until then, sort of, like, 
reality coming in to like slap us or something. Um, I like that. It was it was Sitaro who brought that up first, wasn't it? Oh yeah, you're right. It was yeah. Um, so yeah, he he kind of was the, the poster boy for reality. <laughs> um, so to, to to clarify for for folks listening, um, Sitaro is Makage's ex boyfriend who's just like super normal and like dynamic and like fast moving and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was Sitaro was the tough one. Like like I can understand Makage like being drawn to someone so like energetic, like wanting to be around that like energy. Yeah, yeah, but like then yeah, yeah, at the same time he's like genuinely negging her, like having a go at her over living with like Yuichi and Eriko, like sort of making out that she was like some sort of like slut bag for like living with them. No, but like it wasn't just him. Like it was them thirsty ass girls in Yuichi's class in college taught that too. Oh, the one with the really great legs. <gasps> Seriously, you have no idea the mental image I have of this girl's legs. Well, I mean, we all have some idea of the mental image you have of that girl's legs. If, if anyone would like to send me on a rudimentary sketch of the <laughs> mental image you have of that girl's legs, I mean, I, I would really appreciate it. <laughs> so just, just a reminder from the gang here at Chicklet for Life that um, objectification is wrong yes. and everything, but but also go clean up. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like You'd have to think that Yuichi and Makage have such a strong connection because they're both coming from super unusual situations. That whole like crushing awareness that your whole family consists of just one other person. But, like, is that not settling? Like, isn't the person you, like, fall in love with, like, supposed to get you regardless of whether you have the same experiences or not? Yeah, but, like, how would you get where someone is coming from if you don't have some sort of shared experience? Like, especially if where you're coming from is, like, so unusual. Well, like, I mean... You could ask questions, right? Yeah, I guess. Like, yeah, like I'm not saying Makage couldn't have had that connection with someone else. It just, it just so happened that she had that connection with Yuichi, and like, and, and like in fairness, she does fight against it. Yeah, do you know what? You're right. She does. That's me, gear. Fair play to you, Makage. <laughs> but I mean, why? Why is it so important that she fights against it? What, like, do you mean like that she's like searching for a sense of self or something? I think I just like people fighting, Sarah. <laughs> I suppose that's fair enough. But like, but the the sense of self thing, like I thought it was kind of cool. Like, yeah, when she realizes she has a passion, like you know, like there's that line in there, like my brain cells were multiplying. It was it was exhilarating. Yeah, and that like scene where she's looking at a tomato in the supermarket and feeling like her heart's actually going to burst because she loves it so much. Like, like it's as if she can get that joyous about food and like learning this like craft cookery um, Makage decides she wants to be a oh, chef yeah, yeah it would have been helpful if I'd said that sorry <laughs> <laughs> so adorable here, here did you really like that Makage got on like real well with like the normals she was in the cookery school with oh my god yes yeah and for me that makes her and Yuichi's connection like even more important like it's not like Makage can only connect with people that have come from similar backgrounds as she has like she's friends with these two girls who are like upsettingly normal like it's just that she and Yuichi they they just get each other yeah yeah like they've got that same sense of humor and everything they do like have fun you know what, what was it like yeah maybe we could go into business together clients could like get us to move in with people they want dead like only you would find that funny what's wrong with you oh my god <laughs> guys no like it is interesting though Sersha. like yeah they do really get each other like and for Yuichi in particular 
other people do want him to be different. Like you were saying there, and you're right, like, Makage is able to have relationships with other people that, like, aren't as disconnected as she is. Like, she's not the same as them. She knows that the normals she's in the cookery school with aren't people that she can connect with in, like, a really deep way, the way she has with Yuichi. But she has some sort of relationship with them. But for Yuichi, the people around him, like the girls in college with him, they want him to rejoin the land of the living, like with them. You know, they want him to be like the other blokes they have around him. And like, it's super unfair because I I thought anyway, like because it sort of it sort of ignores who he really is, I think. But like... Like, you know the way the book is from Makage's point of view and all. Like, that means we only see Yuichi from the outside. Like, like if we saw Makage from the outside, would she seem as, like, cut off from reality as Yuichi does? Like, when, when we're reading the book, like, yeah, if it was the other way around, would Makage come across like Yuichi does? Like... She's some girl that moved in with some bloke in your class for what seems like no reason. They hang out all the time, but no one knows if they're together or not. And like, you want to know that because you want to get in there. Like, I think she is, the, she'd look like the weird one in that situation. Not Yuichi. If I was one of them girls in his class, like. Yeah, but like, why do you think that, Chloe? Oh, like, probably because of all my internalised misogyny, Katie. Like, what else? <laughs> okay, well, like, once we're clear, <laughs> man. But, but, like, there was, no, there was one thing that, like, sort of bothered me. Like, like, Yuichi Yamakage, like, it's, like, it's not one of them cases where two sad people just hang out together because they're both sad, right? Because, like, I have a cousin who's got this bloke and, like, she's not really with him, but, like, they always end up together. But they make each other miserable by just spending all their time bonding over, like, how miserable they are. Like, oh, it's horrible. Yeah, but, like, Makage and Yuichi don't really talk much about how miserable they are. Yeah, yeah, and they don't write no depressing poetry but that we that we know about. Yeah, yeah okay, okay, I feel a bit better. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> they're, not, they're not real, but okay. <laughs> it's like, but the thing is, yeah, it's like... Yeah, I don't think the friction comes from them both being sad. That's like a sense of connection that kind of happens there. It's almost, but it's almost like they get each other too much. And that like freaks Makage out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I remember thinking that, all right. And I didn't really get it. Like they were, was it when they were writing up them change of address cards? Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? The change of address cards or Makage's reaction to Yuichi? Both. (laughs) <laughs> all right yeah okay fair enough <laughs> but no but like there was there was a bit like where they were talking around that and like yeah something clicks for Makage and she's like all of a sudden in her head like she's like here I could be with this person forever and that'd be all I'd need like you'd think someone would be like proper like overjoyed or something like that but she sort of takes it as like a signal that she needs to leave that she can't stay in that house no more yeah. I was thinking about this and like I think there, there are a few things like like first off she was saying already that it was like crazy stressful having your family be made up of one other person like the stakes are really high you lose them you lose everything and 
it kind of sounds like she's afraid that it'd be just her and Yuichi. Like maybe she mightn't have anybody else in her life because she like wouldn't need it. They'd have their own little world or whatever. And then, yeah, what would happen if she lost him for whatever reason? Like she'd be back in the same situation she is now. Worse even because she wouldn't have someone like Yuichi to go and stay with. Oh, man. That's just really weird. I was That reminds me of like my mom telling me about when she like met my dad, like... Like, I thought it was going to be this super sappy, like, love story, but it was, like, this weird and sort of existential fable instead. It, like, my parents are the worst, man. No, they're not. You love them. You love your mommy and daddy. <laughs> such a weird thing to make fun of, man. Ah, here. <laughs> what was your story, Kay? Come on. Like, yeah. Like, I was saying, like, yeah, like, my mom was training to be a teacher and was, like, working part-time in this department store at the weekend. And, like, that's where she met my dad. Like, like he was working there, too, and would, like, go out of his way to, like, talk to her and, like, chat her up and stuff until she, like, agreed to go out. That, that is a love story that will echo throughout the ages, Kitty. <laughs> like, I mean, obviously there is more, man. <laughs> so sensitive, Kate. No, 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 fine, fine. You don't, no, we don't uh, talk about it. Uh, so no, okay, come on. You want to know, you wanna know <laughs> oh, how no. Mommy and Daddy Murphy got together. <laughs> it's just like it's just weird for like, yeah, such a big happy family being all like, Chloe, whatever. No, you're just jealous, Chloe. Kate, go on, tell us. We need we need to know. No, no, like you're just going to laugh again. Okay, do we promise? No, we won't. Yeah, dude, come on. It's going to be a really, yeah, salient point. Is that the word? Salient. Is that not just salt water? <laughs> I really didn't expect this conversation to go down this road. Okay, like so like if I tell you how that story ends, do we stop talking about salt water? I, I assume so, yeah. <laughs> okay then. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, well, like, yeah, my mom. Yeah, so like yeah, he was like over with her like all the time and like she really liked him and he obviously really liked her, but like my mom like yeah, didn't want to go out with him for ages. Like it took my dad like ages to convince her and stuff. And like when I asked her like why that was she was like yeah I've thought about that loads and like I'm pretty sure it's because I knew we were completely right for each other oh my god so like because once they got together like that was gonna be it like game over like no more first dates for Mama Murphy like that's what I thought and she said like yeah kind of but like she said that there was like more to it she was she was like super stressed out over her training in yeah and like and she was she was so worn out with like working all the time she was doing like five days in college and then both weekend days in work like so it was like a seven day a week situation okay I have been doing that for two straight years you don't hear me going on about it dude it is all you talk about and like you're doing seven days a week and working all the time sure uh, like you still find time to send me that one gif of like Jungkook doing shirtless push-ups five times a day <laughs> I really do <laughs> yes exactly you really do and like I happen to get one of them at the dinner table drop my phone and my dad picks it up to hand to me it's not funny Chloe <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> oh, like why? Why? Why do I bother? Why am I friends with you people? This is not fair. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, your mom. Your mom. Whew, your mom was really stressed out. Yeah. 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 She was super stressed out. Yeah. And and when she was like talking to my dad, like he, she says that he saw her as like how she was and like liked her anyway. Like he treated her like an equal sort of. And and she felt like that was more stressful than like if she was off chasing someone that like wasn't into her or that thought she was like 
different to how she was like it, it's it's hard to explain she I, I still don't really understand no no I think I get it yeah like she'd have to deal with the actual stuff going on in her life if she chose your dad instead of like getting distracted with some guitarist that like wasn't even that into her um okay ow oh my god I'm so sorry no 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 no, like no, no, no 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 you did mean it like that Sarah that's all I'm saying about that oh no stop Katie please go back to what you were talking the uh, slip of the tongue right right Sarah 100% man I was thinking about me and and Dee's mates like no no dude yeah no yeah I know I know I know you wouldn't yeah um yeah but no no now that, now that you say that yeah like maybe maybe um, like, she, she says that, like, yeah, she was just delaying the inevitable. Like, being in a, like, relationship with, like, your best mate, it's kind of goals, you know? Um, plus, you know, she had to deal with, like, her life stuff at some stage anyway, but, like, yes, sooner is, is always better than later with, with stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, when you put it like that, I, I, I guess it would be scary. Hey, life goes on, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And like, yeah, like Mikage clearly wants to get on with her life in in the book. But yeah, maybe maybe a distraction would have been more welcome than, yeah, this soulmate type person that stands beside her through all of the horrible and certain stuff life has out there. Like maybe, yeah, the idea that somebody else would come in with like a plan was more comforting or something. Yeah, like that. Yeah, like that does kind of seem to be the overall thing that like I got from the book like it's just it's just weird that you put it like that Katie like like yeah my sort of thing walking away from it and maybe it's just because it's been 2020 and and that sucks for everybody but like yeah I I came away from it feeling like yeah it's hard and we're disconnected and maybe there is nothing really tying us to the world right now but but life just keeps going like you you keep waking up and just doing what you do and you can do that in the land of the living or you can like stare at the space where the tiles don't line up properly like like you said Clay. yeah yeah i wonder would the book theme different if we hadn't read it in 2020 like at the end of 2020 yeah um I sort of feel like if we're gonna do a thought experiment of that nature right now I will need a burger of some description. That, that is absolutely a fair point. I am ashamed I did not realise that. My my hanger meter must be broken. This Yeah, because we've been talking a while now. Yeah, like, and it's just, it's so scary. Like, it just descends on me out of nowhere. Like, I'm fine, fine, fine. And bam, hunger-induced rage. It's, it's, it's a safety concern. Like, an emergency granola bar is just a great thing to have around, Sarah, if, if hanger is, uh, yeah, a, an issue. Yeah, the thing is, if you buy granola bars out here in the country, um, they they burn you as a yeah, witch. Yeah, yeah. Super value in the tone there. Started selling wheatgrass shots and uh, St. Brendan's organised an exorcism. <laughs> Dude, I genuinely don't know why Will Ferrell is not asking you to co-write a movie with him. I feel that a barrier to our artistic relationship would be that he would do a better Kildare accent than I do like that is a distinct possibility but I mean that would also be your legacy to the world would be introducing Kildare accent Will Ferrell to the globe that you know that is an excellent point I I'll have to have my secretary set up some sort of hazmat launch date 
do do and uh, while Audrey is is organising that let's let's talk Easter eggs or um, I don't know something else that that means the same thing but is is less delicious sounding oh dude I'm so hungry <laughs> like oh my Easter egg is the glass with the, oh my god my Easter egg is the glass with the banana on it I want you all to think about how hungry I am right now when you our listeners find this in the book I want you all to avenge me okay because the thing is I I could die right now from yeah hunger or hunger induced rage some sort of side like, I'm so hungry like, right now d- dude you are babbling right now the end must be near like just have a bowl of cocoa pop Sarah and stop whinging Jesus like, also you know mine was the pineapple plant because I also want everybody to think about food right I, now for some oh reason yeah God. yeah best katsudan in, in Izu over here what's 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 the story why are we all I, picking food because you all hate me is that what it there is? is tons of food in this book yeah like mine my easter eggs were the cookery books like are we are we just going to have listeners looking out for food when they read this book katie um you know have food do you well like it's not like we discussed that the easter eggs were going to be food related this week or anything yes well, for the rest of us, our telepathy is so advanced by virtue of, like, I don't know, the strength of our relationship or something, that we didn't need to tell each other this was happening. It just did, okay? And now you are going to tell us your Easter egg, which is... Erico's favourite red sweater. Like, I, I just, How can we work under these conditions? I am seriously considering a motion to have you kicked off this show. I just can't. I cannot with you. Do you remember where Erico's favourite red sweater comes into the story, Chloe? Why would I remember that? Why would anybody remember that? Well, because Mikage is like, given that sweater and like she's not overly thrilled about the circumstances. The si- oh, Oh, shit. See? See? You're the one that ruins everything, okay? Motion to have Chloe kicked off the show. You are like actual five-year-olds. Motion to institute a timeout area for emotional children that can't play nice with each other. Yeah, seconded. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're getting to the end of the show anyway. And, and you know, now I can't stop thinking about Cocoa Pops. It, it truly is the king of cereals. I don't know. That new Crunchy Nut cornflakes situation with the chocolate in it, that's, that's, that's proper. Oh my god, like we can't have that in the house anymore. Like entire bags eaten in like a matter of hours. It's it's terrifying. <laughs> I just want some cereal. <laughs> like Sarah, do you want one of us to do the sign off and you can go and get something to eat? Seriously? Like for real? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, like please go before you like pass out on your keyboard. Oh my god. Oh my god, this is amazing. Oh, thanks you guys. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> You can find out more about Banana Yoshimoto at yoshimotobanana.com and Kitchen is available on Amazon and from all reputable booksellers by Independent Where You Can. Folks need your costume no more than ever. Oh, we still have to make up that list of our favourites for like folks to buy oh from. Oh my god, yeah, that's right. I should start that today. 
Yeah, I mean, you'll have the time considering your like granola eating schedule has been like cleared. An excellent point, Katie. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, you can also like and subscribe to the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. Um, if you get a chance to rate and review it, it, it does help more people to hear about us. So, you know, that'd be nice. Um, oh, and if you're following us on Twitter at, at chicklet 4 life one or on Instagram at, at LifeChicklet4, uh, you can help folks see our posts by liking, sharing, retweeting, telling your mates and generally just being deadly people. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with, with our final episode of the year um, everybody yeah stay well until then oh my yeah. god amazing job Clee you're like that's not patronising at all okay like do you need to go and have some cocoa pops <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you guys <laughs> it's December and here at the Doyler Centre for Little Bitch Support we understand that the holiday season is incredibly hard for you little bitches did the idea of your normal human girlfriend watching Home Alone on December 6th fill you with a feeling of unexplained cosmic wrongness? Maybe she didn't want to move the living room furniture around for your Christmas tree the way your parents did when you were six, and you've been sulking about it for two straight days. Maybe she does understand that you're only watching Love Actually because of your teenage crush on Martine McCutcheon, and no, you don't need to say so every time she's on screen. Come on. It's Christmas. Not little bitch miss. Think about your loved ones. For once. No, like seriously this time. The Doyler Centre for Little Bitch Support does not accept responsibility for pre, post or concurrent Christmas bitch-outs or subsequent damage to property or family members. Legal advice sold separately. Flowers are always a good choice.